0: Hi, I'm Holly Knoll, host of the Everyday Entrepreneur podcast. If you've always wanted to start a business and don't know where or how to start, you've come to the right place. After leaving an unfulfilling corporate career, I decided it was time to start a business of my own. Today, I'm a business coach and creator of The Consultant Code, where I help people start services-based businesses in 60 days or less. So grab your latte because you're about to be inspired armed with knowledge, and given simple tools to start a business of your own from my interviews with Everyday Entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast, episode number 10. Hey friend, welcome back to the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. All right, what we're going to talk about today is we're going to run through six questions to help you determine if freelancing could be right for you. These are questions that I have really thought long and hard about because they're questions I wish I would have asked myself when I was first starting out, and they're questions that I have learned over time are crucial to helping make the decision on whether or not freelancing is right for you. So- let's get right into it. It's fall here in Minnesota. It's fall, it's October, 2020, and the leaves are all turning. I am watching them fall to the ground. And I think it's so symbolic because leaves are kind of shedding their, you know, trees are shedding their leaves. The leaves are falling to the ground so that new things can come up in the spring. Well, I know on the verge of sounding a little bit cheesy, but bear with me, I believe that it is a great time for each of us to look at our lives in a similar way. What do I mean by that? Well, it was about five years ago, it was October of 2015, where I decided to let go of something in my life that was no longer serving me. And that was my career as a corporate employee. I had just gotten let go of a job, first time ever in my career, and I was left with two choices or two two choices that I, I was, I was grappling with two choices. One, do I go back to another corporate job, maybe at a sexy company and do the same thing just at a different company and continue to knock my head against the wall? Or B, do I finally step out and start my own business, which was something I had wanted to do since I started, since I graduated college? Well, I'm sitting here with you today, so you can guess which one I picked. But it wasn't necessarily an overnight decision. I definitely did interview with other companies, but nothing felt quite right going back in as an employee. I was burnt out. I My definition of success was no longer having a sexy title, maybe a corner office, and a team below me. That just wasn't fulfilling to me. I had just left a job where I'd had that. And quite frankly, it did not make me happy whatsoever. And I think, you know, that's obvious looking back, but it wasn't obvious to me when I was in the middle of it. So if you're grappling with where you want to go next in your career, personally, I think the fall is a great time to think about what could you possibly let go in your career that hasn't been serving you? And where can you go and where what can you make space for Instead, so you're obviously here today because you are maybe considering a career in freelancing. And let me tell you, there's a few different ways people define freelancing. A, it doesn't have to be full time work. You could take on freelancing as a side hustle in addition to your full time job. Hey, there's something to be said for full benefits being paid for by an employer, especially if you have a family. I get it. But There's also something to be said for having another income stream that you can be making money off of given, you can be making money from by leveraging your amazing skills and strengths that you've built throughout the course of your career. So freelancing makes incredible side hustles. If you're ready to go full steam ahead and transition from being, or if you're considering, maybe you haven't decided to be ready yet, but if you're considering leaving your corporate job as an employee and transitioning into the life of a freelancer, that works too. Freelancing can be an incredibly lucrative and freeing career opportunity to also do full-time. Freelancing is also called a few different things. And some of these words are distinctly different depending on the, the company or the type of service you offer. But in a nutshell, these these, these different types of words that are associated with freelancing all do fall under the freelancing umbrella. So you might have heard consulting, contracting, advising. Those are all different words that can also be used to describe freelancing work because you are marketing your skills and strengths as a service to a client that will pay for those skills and strengths. Which is ultimately a very, very rough, high-level, loose definition of freelancing. Now, back to those six questions. I'm gonna weave throughout the six questions a couple of anecdotes around my my personal journey through freelancing and what made me think that these are important questions to ask yourself as you get started out. So let's go with, let's start with question number one. Ask yourself this. Have you built deep skills in a specific role, function? or type of job. So what types of, what types of roles or functions or types of jobs am I referring to? There's a few, there's quite a few out there that make incredibly easy transitions into the world of freelancing. And I'm just going to name 10 or 12 that 10 or 12 roles or jobs that are really easy to transition into a world of freelancing. So software engineering, website design, being a programmer or project manager, specifically in the technology industry, um, among other industries as well, um, digital producers, product managers, attorneys, accountants, copywriters, branding, marketing, creative or art direction, photography, user experience, social media strategy or management, administrative assistants can transition beautifully into being a virtual assistant assistant, nonprofit expertise, and strategic advising. So if you've built a company already from the ground up or have have had a big role in growing or building a company, uh, whether it's a startup or a large company, if you're desiring to get out of that rat race and try just advising companies, that's also very lucrative and companies are looking for people with those strengths to help them build and grow as well. So those are just a few, but certainly not limited to types of roles that exist in corporate careers that transition very nicely into being a freelancer. All right. Question number two, do you want to handpick your coworkers, aka your clients? I coach my clients when I work with them. I have a digital course called the Consultant Code where I teach people that are burnt out in their corporate jobs who are looking for be having been the, the expert of their career and the more steward and owner of their career, why am I having a hard time getting this out? This is something I talk about every day. Um, but basically, I teach people how to start freelancing businesses through my digital course, The Consulting Code. And one of the things we talk about is putting up that velvet rope, that velvet rope of exclusivity. Now, I know we're supposed to be, not even supposed to, but I know that like we need to be inclusive. But that doesn't mean we work with anyone and everyone because not everyone and anyone is right for our business. What I mean by the red velvet rope is you get to define who are your dream clients. Who do you want to work with more than anyone? And who makes you come alive when you work with them? What types of people are these? And put your velvet rope up to only allow those types of people in imagine you own an exclusive restaurant or nightclub or boutique, and only the people that you adore and love get to come in because, as a business owner, you get to choose who you work with and i 'm not saying that as a freelancer, you get to it depends on like the setup and the the type of role that you are playing as a freelancer i 've certainly not been able to work pick every single person I work with as a freelancer when i 've worked with big companies. But I have been able to decide, do I want to work for this client leader? Yes or no. And there's been a couple of times when it's been an absolute no, where I've known it's not a good fit, and I move on and I look and I explore that next consulting or freelancing role. That is what I mean by do you get to handpick your coworkers. You get to decide who and what roles come through your velvet rope as a freelancer so you get to decide who who makes you come a lot and who you want to work with all right i think i think we covered that one number 3 do you want to choose the type of work you do as a freelancer you get to decide exactly what types of types of services you offer when i started my freelancing business i had built a skill within the program management space of technology teams For 15 years of my career, I knew exactly what types of services I would offer as a freelancer. So as you go back to question one, you think about the deep skills that you've built in your role, function, or job, think about how that would translate into the services you would provide as a freelancer. If you meet your dream client, somebody you kind of want to let behind that velvet rope, and they ask you, what do you do? You get to choose how you answer that question because you get to choose the type of work that you do. Question number four, do you want to choose how much money you'll make? Yes, you get to choose as a freelancer what you charge. That's great. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that successful freelancers charge millions of dollars an hour. Of course not. But what I am saying is that a deciding point for me in and thinking like gosh wouldn't it be great to decide how much money i make for myself was year after year working in corporate jobs where i got the standard 2% 3% standard of living raise because the company performance wasn't great or whatever the economy wasn't great or whatever factors that were that year my how much i made were directly was directly impacted and so I found it really freeing and exciting to do the market research, to understand what other freelancers who were doing similar work to me were doing. And after doing the math and figuring out how much I would make a year, that was significantly more than what I was making in my corporate job. And it was probably even more than what my boss was making at that time. So That was really exciting, and it still is. I still find one of my favorite parts about being a freelancer is doing the math, figuring out what I want to charge for certain projects, getting into the contract, nailing out all those details, and just putting that stake in the ground around what, what I am going to get in return of providing my services and skills. It's kind of that balance of like, I get to provide something that I know I'm really good at. And then knowing that you're being reciprocated with pay that accurately reflects how good you are at your job. There's something really freeing and exciting about that because you know you're getting paid for what you're worth. All right. Number five, are you interested in focusing on your strengths versus fixing your weaknesses? Okay, you're seeing a theme. There's a lot of choice that you get as a freelancer. Do you want to choose to focus on your strengths? And if that's important to you, freelancing could be right for you. And what I mean by that is, I guess in my experience, I have been in roles where I've had leaders or bosses that have been fixated on me fixing what I'm not so great at. And while I I wholeheartedly believe it's important to be open to feedback and it's important to you know, be growing as a person and personally evolving and you know maturing certain skills. It's also, if not more, important to be focusing on sharpening your strengths and be building a career or what around what you're really good at. So as a freelancer, you get to decide what services you offer. Hopefully those are services that play entirely to your strengths. And you get to focus on just doing your strengths versus trying to fix what you're not great at. As a business owner, I don't really try to fix what I'm not good at anymore. I hire people to do that work for me. So think about that as, as, you're, as you're honing in on your strengths and you're thinking about what you're good at. Are you interested in focusing where in your sweet spot all the time? Sixth and final question. Would you rather never have an annual review again? Again, I have nothing against growing and, you know, recognizing feedback, taking it seriously and acting on it. However, I do have something against annual reviews that are completely focused on everything you did wrong and over the course of a year. And that I've seen this happen too many times to my friends, my colleagues, myself, where it's the annual review process is just so defeating. And so if you're tired of having an annual review where you just get okay results when you know you kick butt, but your manager is like, yeah, you met our expectations where you know you kick butt, but you get what you think is just an average review, exit stage left, be done with that. Because as a freelancer, your annual review is... Whether or not your clients want to continue working with you, whether or not they give you more work to do, whether or not they extend your contract, whether or not they refer you to other people, that, my friends, is your annual review, and it's not even on an annual basis. This is just keeping your business alive. So if your clients love you and want to continue working with you, and you do with them, to me, I would take that any day over someone else's thoughts and opinions written down on a piece of paper that I have to sign, even if I don't agree. Okay, so if you'd rather never have an annual review again, or if you just even want to take a break from an annual review and try freelancing, hey, you can always go back to those annual reviews if you miss them. And I'd love to know if you ever do because <laughs> five years in, I haven't missed an annual review. I haven't missed having those for one second. Okay, I know these are all very personal experiences, and this is my perspective and my take, by no means are these blanket statements of right or wrong. This is my experience. And and I invite you to bring into your experiences as you go through each of these questions. Some of these questions, you may have a strong yes, a strong no, or you may feel neutral. This isn't a binary process, but rather this is a process to just get you a little bit closer to helping you figure out Where could you go next in your career? What can you let go of in your career? And what can you let go of in order to invite more space in? Whether it's a side hustle, whether it's going full-time as a freelancer, or, and this is perfectly okay too, realizing like, hey, freelancing might not be for me at this time or ever, and I'm okay with that. But at least you are asking yourself the right questions. So let me run through them again, super fast. So you've got them. And think about whether your answer is yes, no, or kind of a neutral, I don't know, or I need to think about that. Number one, have you built deep skills in a specific role, function, or type of job? Number two, do you want to handpick your coworkers, also known as your clients? Question three, do you want to choose the type of work that you do? Number four, do you want to choose how much money you'll make? Number five. Are you interested in focusing in on your strengths versus fixing your weaknesses? Number six, would you rather never have an annual review again? And there, my friends, you have six questions to help you assess whether freelancing could be right for you. I also have a blog post over on Hollynol.com slash blog where you can go through a series of about 20 questions on whether or not freelancing is right for you. So look for that article out there. Also final request, go to hollyknoll.com slash free. If you have ever thought about starting a business, whether it's freelancing or any other services-based business, I have a business action guide that will help you really hone in on your business idea in six steps. So download the guide, go through the six simple steps, and I promise you, you will have a much more clear idea of what business you could start than you did before you downloaded the guide. And then let me know how it went? Did it work for you? What kind of business are you thinking of starting? I would love to know. You can find me on social media, on Instagram at Holly Knoll. You can send me an email, holly at com, or you can shoot me a, a message on LinkedIn under Holly Knoll. And I would love to keep in touch. Thank you so much for being here today. If you enjoyed the Everyday Entrepreneur podcast, and if you're a regular listener, especially, I would love and be honored if you go to iTunes and write a review. Let us know how we're doing. Finally, thank you so much for being here today for this podcast episode. I will see you next time right here on the Everyday Entrepreneur podcast. Bye, friend. Thank you so much for joining me this week on The Everyday Entrepreneur. There are thousands of podcasts out there and you chose to be here with me. And for that, I'm truly grateful to you. Make sure to stop on my website and you can subscribe there to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, I'd love your rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would mean the world. Finally, check out my free guides to starting a business at hollyknoll.com slash free and be sure to tune in two weeks from today for my next episode. Until next time, keep taking action to build your business.